Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 195, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. Wow. Uh, this is a podcast whistle. where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. And it is Monday, July 26, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jack's butt is white and I cannot lie. All you volleyballers can't deny that when Jack digs for the ball with his little sweaty hands and that white things in your face, you go blind. That is courtesy of official dickhead uh, imagining a world as we did on a recent episode where I am forced to uh, adhere to the beach volleyball shorts guidelines uh, and how bad <laughs> that would be for everyone, just everyone. Uh, That's opponents. an intense fanfic. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. Well, hey, who's that? Who's that voice? Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, a hilarious comedian, Emmy-nominated writer, all-around brilliant artist uh, who co-hosts the Bechdel cast and created the podcast My Year Immensa, Lolita podcast, and Act Cast, which is in Act Four. I think Act Five might be dropping pretty soon. Yeah, she's digging into the cultural history of the Kathy comics. She is Jamie Lofton, aka Live Loft Love, aka <laughs> Eat Pray. Loved. <laughs> nice. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. I'm in a basement in Wisconsin. I've mm -hmm. never been better. Good. Is that you? You went out there for the Milwaukee Bucks championship just to celebrate. I <laughs> Yeah, I was. I went out into the middle of Milwaukee and begged someone to sneeze into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I I've never seen a more a less COVID safe looking environment than uh, so sinister. Yeah, very yeah, outside uh, no, that I arena. Was far away from that watching the game, the game, which also the I thought game. that the big game. I didn't even realize it was the big game when they won. I was like, oh, when is the next game? And then they brought the trophy out. I was like, oh, that was the game. <laughs> that was the game. Well, that's very exciting. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> humiliated myself. Yeah. The world is revolving around Wisconsin these days. Jamie Loftus is there. True, and uh, the Bucks are the world champs. Uh, well, Jamie, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the mm -hmm. extremely talented a digital activist and podcast host of the brilliant podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, uh, which did a special mini-series on disinformation in our modern disinformation age called Disinformed that won a shorty. And that is especially timely right now as disinformation is killing us, literally. Please welcome Bridget Todd! Oh, I love the, the air horn introduction. Pew, <laughs> pew. <Yeah. laughs> uh, how are you, Timid, Bridget? But I am doing well. I'm not lucky enough to be in a basement in Wisconsin. I, I am know. in a kitchen in Washington, D.C. All right. I am in recovery for a broken ankle, which oh, no. sucks. Oh, my God. But other than that, I am good. Oh, no. What happened? Whoa. Uh, I wish it was like a good story. I was on a three-night canoe trip on the Delaware Water Reserve. And, okay, that's you a know, good story already. Yeah, this well, is, already <laughs> this like, is a good story. story. <laughs> well, like, you so know, what's impressed. funny is that, like, I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of a test of my outdoor skills. And then yeah. first night, I was like, so, so overconfident on the river. We'll just say this. It was a combination of stormy weather, 
overconfidence and alcohol. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I that story is great. Being drunk that in, is. in a storm on a like on a canoe trip. The last time I was like my life was like suspended by an injury. I think it was from like a sneeze. Like, I think I sneezed <laughs> and like threw out my back. Yeah, uh, that's what sucks about getting older is like yeah. you get injured and it's like, oh, I just like got up too fast or I yeah. just like sat down weird and now my back is out. <laughs> I have a hip. Like, I, I always thought, like, knees was, hip? like, a bad old, old person thing. But, like, my hip is starting to hurt when I after I, like, go for a run. And that no. that makes you feel real, real fucking old, man. A God. I, I, hurt my, I hurt my neck comforting my brother on a roller coaster. That was oh, my no. last <laughs> My brother's 24 years old, but he was real scared. <laughs> oh. What coaster was it? Do you remember? <laughs> Yeah, it was in, um, it was at Six Flags New England, and it was the Wicked Cyclone. We went on the most New England roller coaster oh <laughs> there was. And it was awesome. It was so good, but I forgot my brother is like, has historically for his entire life been terrified of roller coasters and was kind of going on to appease me. And um, yeah, he was upset. Aww. Roller coasters are so fun. Um, They're so big, good. I was like, it's big the coaster only... coaster head over here. You're, you're a coaster head? I'm starting to be a coaster head. I, I was when I was a kid, and then I just did a bunch of roller coasters recently, and they, they were really fun. I, I really uh, missed them and didn't realize it. Yeah, same. Cool. Well, <laughs> Bridget, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about. A legal expert has uh, asked and answered the question, can Fox News be sued? for killing all these people with their anti-vax coverage. Uh, turns out mm. they can. So that's exciting. So apparently Trump had to file uh, his earnings or explain what he did with all the money he raised during the Stop the Steal thing in late July. So we're going to find out uh, what he spent that money on. Oh, God. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's really fun stuff. Uh, awesome. We're going to talk about things that we love that will be ruined by wildfires or at least affected negatively mm -hmm. by them. We'll look at what we are, have to look forward to with music festival season right around the corner and COVID mm -hmm. not going anywhere. We will check in with the Tokyo Shit Show. We will uh, look at streaming numbers, all of that, plenty more. But first, Bridget, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? This is a little bit of a weird one. If you kind of grew up at a, around the time that I did, do you remember the show Barney, the kids show? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was my favorite show. It was I the know. best, right? Like, I loved yeah. it growing up. Do you guys yeah. remember this, like, very specific kind of humor, like, anti-Barney humor, where people will make up songs to the in in the vein of the Barney theme song, but it will be like... I love yeah. you, you love me, let's I all go and poo. kill Barney. You <laughs> love, <laughs> love me, let's all go and kill Barney. I mean, that just came off the dome right there, but yeah. Really? Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm talented. I'm that good. is talent. So I was like, wow, <laughs> spitting absolute fire over there, Jack. <laughs> New verse just dropped. Yeah, new verse just dropped. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sell out uh, an arena in Atlanta and uh, people can watch me uh, just kind of vibe to my bar Barney tracks, my Barney riffs. <laughs> um, so what were you, what were you What's going on with Barney? So my last, my last thing I had Google searched was the Wikipedia page for anti-Barney humor. 
Because mm. I got to thinking, I saw this thing on TikTok and I was like, I used to, we used to sing that anti-Barney song when I was growing up. And it turns out that kids all over the country were. And this, you know, in the comments of this TikTok video, people were like, how did we all know the same niche, like anti-Barney song? And somebody <laughs> in the comments, speaking of like feeling old, was like, obviously YouTube. Well, that was like many, 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 many years before YouTube. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> so not only did I feel like, yeah, I felt very humbled and old, but it really got me thinking like those kind of things where every middle schooler, no matter where you grew up, yeah. knows about them. Like that rumor that Marilyn Manson mm-hmm. removed his rib to, to, to give himself blowjobs. Like how did oh, we all, yeah. How, yeah. how did we all kind of like latch on to that when there wasn't the internet? Like where did that all come from? So the sexual ones are interesting yeah. because it's always like a mad lib just depending on where you were. Because I heard Prince removed his rib to suck his own dick. There's also Whoa. the one where various celebrities had to have their stomach pumped because it was so full of semen. I've heard those. Yeah. <laughs> and like that one, it, it like started as Rod Stewart uh, for some reason. Where did uh, you go to school? Who is telling you these things? Semen uh, University. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you had you not heard that one, Jamie, the stomach pump thing? I'd never heard. I'd heard the. I'd heard about different celebrities removing their ribs to suck their own dicks. I hadn't heard about the semen pump. This is yeah. new. I think that one maybe like people just got too smart to believe that one because it's just like an ungodly amount of semen that that would require. But it was like Rod Stewart, New Kids on the Block, Britney Spears, Lil Kim, and like it's just weird. They don't have anything in common. But the the song one is really good. I actually had that thought around Christmas. With the Jingle Bells, Batman smells Robin. Oh Lady yeah! Egg. Do you guys know that one? <laughs> of course, yeah. A classic. How, yeah, but like, how did they spread? Like, such what? Like, were people just like calling their cousin on the other side of the country, being like, "Yo, get you know this, that new this, sound you're this. looking for?" <laughs> yeah, like that's Listen the question. How is it that like you growing up in you grew up in Wisconsin, right? Wait, who did? Or I, think I, Jack, I thought you did, but maybe not. I grew up like all over, but Ohio. I never lived in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I said Ohio and Wisconsin are the same in my head. Yeah. Also <laughs> lived in, in Massachusetts. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like how are we all like like singing these same niche dirty songs? Like me in Virginia as a middle schooler, you in Ohio, like how where are we getting this? Like I'm just so curious like how this particular niche kind of cultural thing spread like wildfire when we were kids. Yeah. My theory Memes. is cousins from out of town. Yeah, <laughs> the spray, they bring with yeah, exactly. them. <laughs> Yo, Knowledge. you see this new shit? <laughs> it's true. This new shit? Yeah, because we are around our cousins around the holidays. So maybe that's why that one is like oh, so true. universal. I remember my cousin from Baltimore, like who I thought she was like so cool and sophisticated because she was just from somewhere that I wasn't from. And she showed me what Smash Mouth was when I <laughs> when we went down to meet her. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And she's like, yeah, it's more than just Shrek. And it was really <laughs> exciting. More than just Shrek. The I also Jamie Loftus story. It's like she was the peak of sophistication from Baltimore. Like, you right. know, being from Baltimore is the peak of sophistication. I had cousins, my older cousins were from Newark. And I remember we didn't have Nintendo in our house. And my the first time that we played Nintendo was visiting my, co- my older cousins in Newark. And it was the best thing I'd ever seen. Oh I'd never God. seen anything so cool in my life. Cousin pilgrimages are exciting. Yeah. I was just thinking about my cousins bullying me when I was like 
nine years old, like something they made fun of yeah, me yeah. about when I was nine, just like recurred in my head just this morning. So, I, oh, wow. Is that just on a loop? Yeah. Can we get yeah, them? Yeah. Where where are they? No, we can get good. their asses. They're in Jersey asses, and uh, I'll be oh, I'll be seeing them very soon. So. Oh, oh god. <laughs> Tim and Mike, a Yeah, but the power of the uh pre-internet meme is is no joke. Mm. That's a good one. That's true. What is something you think is overrated? Something that I think is overrated is something that I think a lot of folks can maybe identify with, which is just general fashion. I feel like with COVID, you know, all of us staying home, I know that I have kind of leaned into, leaned away from like any kind of fashion trend that I'm just, I feel like we're all just dressing like the way that we wanted to when we were 14. And that's cool. <laughs> um, the other day I, I was out, you know, at a bar or something. And I was like, wow, I'm wearing a Duran Duran t-shirt, over, denim overalls that I have cut into shorts and like clogs. And I think I look great. I think everybody yes. has just given up on fashion advice. We're just doing our thing. And I think it's great. Hard agree. I haven't like, I, I don't know. I, I just visited home and found a bunch of like old, like oversized clothes from high school. And I'm like, yeah, I think we're just gonna, we're just gonna bring them back. And I, yes. I have no interest in evolving. I feel like there is like a good fashion regression trend going on that I'm very, very here for. Yeah. So I've been recording from the studio recently because of some technical issues at my home studio. And there are people here and I've found that I like for the first time in two years, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't wear shorts every day. Like <laughs> this is like uh super producer Sophie was here. She was like, You look like such a dad right now. I had like shorts <laughs> on a fucking fanny pack. Did just, you have your phone clipped on a holster yeah, on the side exactly. of your pants? The side uh -huh. of your jean shorts? <sighs> Those yeah. like reflective sunglasses. Oh, <laughs> polarized yeah. Oakley's. Sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Polarized <laughs> Oakley's. Yeah. Just got off uh, my speedboat. You've reached you've reached your final form. It's a good yeah, thing. This is this is what I was meant to be. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated, Bridget? Something I think is underrated is trashy books, like trashy novels, trashy mm. thrillers. Uh, mm. since I've been injured, I've had a lot of time on my hands, and so I've been trying to get back into reading. And I sort of had this like weird relationship with reading where I always felt like I should be reading more, but I wasn't really a big reader. And I felt like I wanted to be the kind of person that like read like very serious nonfiction books. And I went to the beach not that long ago on vacation. And the two books that I brought with me were The Body Keeps Score, which is this like very good, but like very heavy book about it trauma. Yeah. And I think it was The New Jim Crow, <laughs> the, the book about like... <laughs> Just some light beach reading. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. on this vacation, I did not crack either of these books. And they took up a lot of space in my bag. And so I was like, wait, people don't want to read like heavy, dense stuff on vacation. You want to read like a beach read, something that's, you know, just a page turner. So recently, I've been reading a lot of kind of trashy books. And they're the best. It's so much fun. I will never... I will never struggle through another like dense nonfiction read because I feel like I have to when I could be demolishing, you know, <laughs> trashy romance novels or Tom Clancy thrillers, things that maybe aren't, you oh, know, highbrow, but they're good, right? They're very good. Yeah. They're page turners. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I read. What, like when I loved reading when I was, you know, 12, 13, I was like a uh, Michael Crichton, like expert, like that, oh. that was the sort of thing that I was like really into. And I didn't I didn't give a shit if like, yeah, reading doesn't need to be good for you. 
Like reading can reading can be all the time. I I remember reading, yeah, the the what is it called? The book Prey in like the bathtub over a period of months about the tiny little computers. Yeah, the nano the nanobots. Yeah. was actually post post Crichton for me that I didn't read that one. That was like uh, I was more the uh, Sphere era. Oh, you think Jurassic Park's good? You you got to read Sphere, dude. <laughs> oh, what's the best Michael Crichton book? Like, where should I start? I've only I, ever read The Lost boy. World. It's been a long time. Oh, The Lost World. Uh, well, Jurassic Park is better than The Lost World, and Sphere I think is probably the best of his novels. I, Michael Crichton was a like a, a big time climate change denier, wasn't yeah. he? That's right. Yeah, yeah. he was anti climate change. Bizarre. I, I just wouldn't. I don't know why I wouldn't expect that of him, but I wouldn't. I was very surprised to learn because he went to medical school. Like, right. <laughs> like yeah, I was like, oh, because I thought of him as Mister Smart Guy. Yeah, but nothing. Uh, nothing can trump being a rich white guy for like twenty years. Then you, you just true. fucks you up. It's true. I remember uh, having an argument with a like a friend of a friend about climate change, and he hit me with the well, the Michael Crichton school of thought is, and I was like, oh my god, oh, no, okay. no. <laughs> we're going there. Like, all right, oh, okay. <laughs> Yikes! Wait, what have you been reading, Bridget? Okay, so I just finished the. This is please don't make fun of me. The novel version of the Netflix show You. Oh my god! Yes. Wait, is the show you. based on the novel, or it this is. is the novelization? The, so the, so the, the, it was a novel for. It's actually three novels. It's called the first one is you. The second one is hidden bodies. The third one I have not read. I forget what it's called. But so like the show is not very good. But I watched it all in two days. Right. So like you tell yeah. me the novel is the same way. I'm not going to say it's a good book. But did I finish it in one day? Yes, I did. Did it? Did I stay up every night reading it? <laughs> yes, I did. Hell yeah. What that phenomenon is always so interesting to me where it's like it can take you months to get through something that you know is good. But then something that is like you're like, this is bad for me and I don't even know if I'm fully enjoying it, but I need to consume it as quickly as possible or I'll die. And honestly, that's totally changed my relationship with reading because books that I that I feel like I quote should read, I will be reading it. It'll, It'll take me a month to get through. And when I'm finally done with it, I'm like citing it every day like a goddamn egg timer because I'm just so happy that I finished a book. Yeah. <laughs> to make yeah. it worthwhile, yeah. Yeah, I got to bring it up every party, every reference. I got to bring it up constantly. Get my money's worth. Oh, yeah, of course. I will never throw out a book that I've actually read. I'm, I'm like, that is a trophy that I will yeah, What if someone comes over and forever. you need to be like... Oh, yeah. that book? Yeah, read, read it. <laughs> definitely read it. Oh, ever heard of books? I definitely read them. <laughs> the first book I read all the way through was the novelization of Jaws 2. Not the novel Whoa. that <laughs> Jaws is based on, the novelization of Jaws 2. So I respect a novelization. Same. Yeah, mm. that's classic literature. And I still have it on my bookshelf. Uh, nobody will take that away from me. Really? Oh, that rocks. No, I don't, but uh. I wish I did. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the news. And we're back. And Fox News. Let's talk about Fox News. We've been speculating for the past, like last week there was this turn, right? Where suddenly... Sean Hannity fucked with the vaccine. Like some of the people on the Fox Morning Show were talking about how the vaccine works, which was new 
You know, like their party line had been like, we're just asking questions here, but mm. who's to say if the vaccine works or not? Like just real, like the same, the same shit you hear from anti-vaxxers. Yeah. It's just a difference of opinion. What you, you guys are going to thought control. That's a and, good Ben Shapiro. Oh, thanks. I, I was trying to do Tucker <laughs> Carlson. So that's, I thought uh, we were going for Charlie Kirk. Hey. Whoa. Okay. Look, open to interpretation. They share a voice. <laughs> so anyways, we were wondering, like, did somebody threaten them with a lawsuit? Because that's like what made them change their tune when it came to the big lie and like what, whether the voting machines had like stolen votes from Trump and then you know, that they, they were open to that story until the voting machine company was like, hey, we're we're suing you for two billion dollars. And then suddenly they were just like reading statements on air. Mm. So we were wondering if that happened with covid and with vaccinations. We still don't know the answer to that, but we do know that they can be sued. A legal expert for Slate was basically explaining that they're open to a lawsuit if somebody dies from COVID because they didn't get vaccinated after watching Tucker Carlson's show, they mm. can be sued under the common law theory of fraud. So basically, mm. you just have okay. to prove that the defendant made a misstatement of fact, knowing that it was false or with reckless disregard as to whether it was true or false. OK, so the so it's like contingent on them being de- being able to prove that Fox News knew it was bullshit when they were saying it. Yeah, or okay. just didn't do the work to find it out. Like, well, reckless disregard means the defendant did no investigation <laughs> at all, but just put the statement out there. Got it. Yeah, and I mean, we in addition to, you know, being obvious that they like the information is just everywhere and they're supposed to be a journalistic institution. Uh, we talked last week about how they have a clear pass that they are using behind the scenes at Fox News that like shows that like you can you can only work if you have had the vaccine. So they know mm-hmm. like they're operating on a day to day basis and in a world where the vaccine works and then coming on the air and uh, saying things like uh, just a list of a couple of the Things we have Tucker Carlson saying that COVID is really about social control and oh, questioning whether the yeah. vaccine works since those who are vaccinated are still urged to take precautions. Maybe it doesn't work. And they're simply not telling you that. So, yeah. That yeah. man needs to be put through a shredder, just like right? an industrial shredder. Very Midwest of you to go Fargo on his ass. Thank you. It's um, been everyone. It's weird. And everyone, uh, everyone's backyard here. There's a gigantic shredder. So it's just been <laughs> on my mind. Right. With a leg hanging out of it. Yeah. In case you sin. Yeah. How, what is the kind of COVID masking vibe where you guys are? In California, it seems like people have gotten the message they've also like changed the law in southern california or in la county saying that you have to wear a mask are you is are people still wearing masks in wisconsin and dc no it as demonstrated by the bucks game the other night no one is (laughs) is wearing a mask you can't like i have seen people choosing to wear masks like at the gas station and stuff and unlike the last time i was here people are no longer making fun of you if you are wearing a mask in public. So I view that as um, as progress. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I got relentlessly bullied. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so weird because like, who cares if 
if you if you're a, if so, if a stranger is wearing a mask, who cares? And also, even way before COVID, people who had like immuno like who were immunocompromised wore masks. Like my dad wore masks to travel way before right. COVID. So like, who cares? Like, what is it your business if somebody if you got to bully them or have a have an opinion about it? What do you care if someone that you don't know in public is wearing a mask? Like, how does it, it impact your life? It's yeah. very bizarre. Yeah, there is like a. <laughs> Remember a guy giving me just a minutes long little little song and dance about like, are you going to rob my business because bandits wear masks? And I was like, do you want me to buy a Diet Pepsi here or not? Sure. Like, I don't know <laughs> what? what your end game is. I mean, that is one. There's a one of our listeners said that their favorite wing place now prohibits masks because of uh, the Whoa. the risk of robbery, which is. There, there's just very, it, it seems like things have turned to the anti-vaxxing and anti-masking people now like going on the offensive, like being like, you can't, you, you can't stay at our Airbnb if you are vaccinated and like being aggressively against masks. I think Tucker Carlson had a thing where he was like, if you see somebody wearing a mask around your child, uh, you should call the police. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah, just responsibly advocating for the misuse of public services. Totally. <laughs> Very <laughs> responsible. Sense. Yeah, great. How is D.C.? D.C. is interesting. I will say D.C., like, we are, at, by and large, a city of people who, like, just want to follow the rules. We're like, fine, whatever it is we're supposed to do, fine. I do think with the masking, I think people are confused, right? Like, I don't, D.C. is not a place where people are going to, where most people, I should say, are going to be anti-masker for the sake of being anti-masker. I think that when we got that federal guidance that you didn't have to wear masks indoors if you were vaccinated, I think that that, frankly, I mean, I'm no medical professional, but I think that that probably confused a lot of people. So Mm -hmm. in, like, when you go to Target and stores in my neighborhood in D.C., in Columbia Heights, they still have the sign saying, like, please wear a mask. I don't think that people are trying to poo-poo, you know, that that guidance, but I just think the federal guidance be or the federal messaging being that, oh, you don't need to wear masks has just confused everybody. So I would say when I go into the grocery store in DC now, it's probably half people wearing masks and half people not. Mm-hmm. I don't think the people who are not wearing masks, I don't think they're trying to be like anti-mask, whatever, because that's not really a prevalent thing, particularly in my area of DC. I just think people are right. confused and we've got too much conflicting guidance yeah. and people don't know what to do. Like we we don't really have one unifying message, even though our local guidance still is like wear a mask inside. It's just I think people are confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I, I think that's totally fair about it, about the masking. But the 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 vaccine stuff seems pretty seems like now everybody is being pretty clear about that. Even Alabama Governor Kay Ivey is saying folks are supposed to have common sense, but it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down. You know, she's somebody who ended the state's mask mandate early and has chosen not to spend the state emergency COVID funds on like incentive programs. So like this is definitely another situation where like Republicans are coming around on something that like should not have required any convincing. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And to, to to that point, this is the same person who in, you know, not too long ago was spreading unfounded fears about things like vaccine passports. Right. Like, right, let's not pretend right. like Kay Ivey did not spend a good portion of the year politicizing vaccines and 
you know, downplaying the need to get them and really spreading irresponsible hysteria, putting her own constituents at risk by spreading unfounded claims about vaccines and how they were going to be administered. And so, you know, I'm happy to see that she's come around to the side of common sense. But instead of blaming her unvaccinated constituents, she may want to look in the mirror and wonder where folks are getting right. this kind of panic and hysteria from. And what maybe did she do that, that actually caused that? And, you know, Jack, earlier you were talking about Fox News and you used the word fraud. I think that more and more, we need to see people that push nonsense about our public health, about our elections, as the fraudsters and the scammers that they are. Tucker Carlson, he knows that vaccines are safe. If that, yeah. if the vaccine guidance from, you know, Fox News as, a, as an organization to work for is, is correct, he probably has been vaccinated himself. I saw him oh, doing a sure. whole song and dance probably about how early. it was the most offensive question to ask if he was vaccinated. But the bottom line is... People like Tucker Carlson are making money by pushing dangerous lies. And we have a word for that. It's a scammer. It's a fraudster. And so this is not a, you know, a debate, a two sides issue. These people are scammers and fraudsters and they're making money off of pushing people dangerous, dangerous anti-science ideas to people that can get people killed. And I really am happy to see people using language like fraud and scam to call out these obvious scammers and fraudsters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this thing with Kay Ivey is, ugh, it, I mean, it's not the, wor but it's it's way too late for her to try to do, you know, like a face turn at this point right. in the way she's handled this, where there's the absolute, I mean, it's uh, ridiculous to expect a public official to take accountability for anything. But yeah, just to act like these, the reason that people are unvaccinated in her state exists entirely in a void that has nothing right. to do with her. It's just nothing like, to do with public policy. Ridiculous. Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's the Republican ideal of everything is like personal accountability and like personal, Ugh. like and right. no, nothing has to do with any sort of group based or like public. Uh, it's such a double like it's like you have to trust Republican leadership implicitly or leadership implicitly in general. But if you are misguided by leadership, it's your fault, whatever yeah. happens to you. Right. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. Seems unfair. It's probably better that she is doing this than her, you know, staying on the same path she was on before, but obviously not somebody who belongs in a position making public policy. Yeah. One uh, other story. Um, so I guess Lollapalooza is still a thing, first of all. Like that is still a uh, oh. music festival that happens uh, on a regular basis. A hundred thousand attendees are expected in chicago every day for Lollapalooza starting uh this week i think oh no yeah and so people are pointing to this uh dutch music festival verknipt uh, i can't believe i can't imagine that's <laughs> how it's actually pronounced but so they basically did a music festival in the netherlands required a vaccination card or proof of a negative test result it, I think it was tw 20,000 people uh, total at the festival. And now they're reporting over 1,000 people who attended the festival have now tested positive for COVID. And I mean, I, I read something like that the Delta variant can like have 10,000 times or 1,000 times as much virus in like the nasal passageway than the previous version so it just seems like it's so much more communicable and so i think the big thing that they're trying to like the takeaway from that 
is that the a negative test within 40 hours is like the the loophole that people are using to get in and like still spread the disease basically mm-hmm. that like 40 hours is not enough like it it should be 24 hours or you should just force people to have been vaccinated yeah and Lollapalooza as of right now hasn't learned anything from that and their window is 72 hours so yeah Ridiculous. probably not great the first thing that happens when you google Lollapalooza is people also ask how could Lollapalooza 2021 happen? <laughs> Which is a valid question. Yeah. You're in the Midwest right now. Are you planning on going? I mean, yeah, of course I'm going to go. <laughs> Much like I was begging someone to sneeze in my mouth at the Bucks game, I will be doing the same at Lollapalooza. Can't even Ay-ay. imagine, like, who is playing Lollapalooza. Like, Smash Mouth, probably, right? <laughs> Do you remember that? I mean, first, I it, it's I I still feel like I mean it stresses me out looking at packed sports games still as well. Like it's just a stressful thing to see. Well, well, it still feels like information is like not there's no you know through line of information whatsoever. It it freaks me out in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I actually have a question. This well, not even really a question. It's more of a philosophical issue I've been wrestling with, which is that, like, you know how in the beginning, there was a time during COVID where if you were still going out to the bar and if you were still going out to, like, events, you were an asshole. And then the messaging was, well, as long as you're fully vaccinated, you can do whatever you want. And so I feel like we all were like, woo, parties are back. Things are back. So are we, so are we now to the point where, Today, if you if you go to a concert or go out, you're an asshole the same way that it was like, like, where are we? Because I just feel I feel so personally confused by the messaging. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like we cannot count on our our leaders to give us clear guidance. And so there's always going to be a contingent of folks who are just going to do what they want. But if you're someone who is trying to make responsible choices, I feel like we're largely being left up to our own consciences and like our mm-hmm. own understanding of the guidance and the, and the science and the cases and all of that, which is not a good place to be if you're just trying to have a hot girl summer after your ankle heals, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's an incredibly good question. I, I feel conflicted about it all the time because it's like, I you know, I've, I've been out and in, in doing stuff and trying to, spl- I mean, not even split the difference, but, you know, just be out wearing a mask. And if, you know, I'm trying to stick to things that have that I know that they're that the people there will be vaccinated or like, I don't know, there there are still at sports games right now. There's still like vaccinated sections that you can sit in, which doesn't I mean, which I feel like is almost a bandaid because it's like you're going to be sharing bathrooms with there's not vaccinated. I don't know. I I honestly have no fucking clue. I it's very confusing to me. I, the it just re- it really seems like there is a a level of like to to answer your question like I I am equally confused so not to not answer your question I'm equally confused I don't yeah. have an answer for how we're supposed to judge people because we don't know if they've been vaccinated I do I'm just like the the fact the fact that a sporting event would have a vaccinated versus not vaccinated section like why the the fact that like they're making do at these music festivals for people who haven't been vaccinated like the especially in america where like i feel like there's been 
the time to be vaccinated. And like, this is the one that blows my mind. At least 100 U.S. Olympic athletes are unvaccinated. Like, how is that allowed? Like that. But like, what? Yeah, I don't understand how we're like the health lead for the U.S. Olympic Committee was like, uh, we're actually pretty happy with that number because it's like a pretty small percentage of of our athletes. But I, I I just don't understand. I I feel like there is, you know, we talked last week about how to make this to kind of shift the the direction we're going with all the disinformation that's out there. We need to make it the hard choice to remain unvaccinated rather than the easy choice, which seems like what it is now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like we're we're not doing that. We're still just like being like, yeah, no, okay, up to you, up to you guys. Yeah. It feels kind of bizarre, too, because I feel like now that everyone is kind of back out vaccinated or unvaccinated largely, there was once this really public push for like, we need someone, you know, we need leadership here. Like, what the fuck is going on? What is like, is there some standard to how we can keep each other safe? And now it's like we're in a different version of the same situation, but it doesn't even feel like there's really that same demand for leadership. And it's still not happening, but it doesn't seem like people are as, I don't know, it's not as top of mind because everyone's just out and like relieved that they can be out it i don't know saying it out loud i'm like well this sounds like a recipe for a disaster Uh, (laughs) yeah which if you look at the like way that covid cases are going in some parts of the united states that's exactly where we're headed Um, and jack what's so interesting about what you said about the olympics about how there's still a hundred or so olympians who have not been vaccinated the Olympics can police so many aspects of what the athletes do and don't do, from the hormones in their body, from their hair, mm-hmm. what whether or not they Short wear length. shorty shorts or bikinis yeah. or whatever. And yet, when it comes to vaccination, they're like, oh, whatever y'all want to do, you know? Like, it just, I right. find that so interesting. The fact that you can't smoke weed, but you can be unvaccinated. is right. like, what, what, huh? I yeah. make it make sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it truly does not. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And just a real quick check in with Donald Trump. So he and his associated PACs, you know, used breathless appeals about stopping the steal and like the urgency of preserving American democracy while he was trying to like steal the election in the aftermath of like his losing the election. Uh, But he, you know, successfully used these email pleas to raise hundreds of millions of dollars from just like small donations from Americans. And apparently at the end of this month, he has to like do a filing where he shows what he spent the money on. And it turns out he didn't spend any of it Mm. like (laughs) yeah yeah so the washington post reports that trump's save america leadership pack which raised some 75 million dollars on the back of like his barrage of lies has yet to spend any of that money in support of the recounts and he's just which suggests he's just going to keep it for for himself he just has the money now but it was like explicitly he was asking people explicitly to give him money so he could like pursue like recounts and like do all these things. And it's just like we we 
already know that was a lie. Like we we can just like point to this information that it's a lie. Mm. I don't know that it's gonna uh, change literally a single mind, but I don't. know. It's just so fucking transparent. It's frustrating. I mean, at Ugh. this point, if you give money to Trump, I mean, I, on the one hand, I feel bad for these people because I know that he preys on his supporters who are elderly or, you know, working class who, like, don't really have a ton of money. So I feel for them in that way. But he's a scammer. Like, he he has a whole long history of not paying people, running out on bills, and stealing money from his own supporters. And so this is not surprising to me. He's definitely Mm. going to keep that money for personal enrichment, you know. And I'm not, it's, like, not surprising. This is what he does. This is his thing. Yeah, yeah, he's going to turn Baron into a transformer with it. <laughs> <laughs> Baron is tall, man. Baron, that's the word on the street. Everyone's talking about the tallest son who no longer lives in the White House. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the consequences of wildfires. You know, as fun as it is to walk through Times Square and have it smell like a campfire uh, because of fires that are happening in Oregon and like all the smoke just blowing across the country. Mm. There are some less cool things that are going to be happening because of the fact that we now have like a global fire season. So we've got so here are some of the things that are going to be ruined. We'll start with the very basic going outside. We have a little more experience in California with what that future looks like. Mm -hmm. Like I took a trip with my kids into like California wilderness last year during fire season. And like, it's, you know, some days you can't go outside. It's, it's like going somewhere during rainy season where like half the days you can't go outside. You just have to like bring puzzles and board games because Mm -hmm. it's going to be too smoky and like to breathe basically. And then like on the good days, the sky will be pale gray, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the sun sets though. Mind-blowing. Uh, really cool sunsets. Makes it all worth it. They're saying even as far north as Minnesota's Boundary Waters Canoe Area, the air quality is it's considered safe to be 30 or below. And on Tuesday, it was 150 in Minneapolis and 249 further north. So, what? Good Lord. Uh, weed is going to be affected. So apparently they're seeing fire tornadoes in what's known as the Emerald Triangle, which is like where most of the weed in California has grown. And it's not just that like the fire and drought might burn the crop up. The stuff actually like makes it so you're going to the the flower is going to be like very smoky and sooty, like flavored. And who knows like what that is actually doing to everything like a thing that you're putting into your body is covered Mm. with like a fine dusting of just like whatever happens to catch on fire awesome so basically everything good the outgoing outside and being high forget about it yeah right (laughs) wine also uh is like you know a lot of that comes from the northern california area and You'll you'll be getting a rich like stone fruit with hints of chocolate behind the overpowering taste of bong water because <laughs> it's gonna just it's gonna taste ashy. It's gonna taste like an ashtray because the grapes are gonna have smoke kind of infused throughout them. 
God, I honestly great. had, I mean, the big picture stuff is, is so horrifying that I, I hadn't even thought about how that's going to, you know, trickle down to, to crops and consumer products and, and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like seafood, they're saying the clams are literally cooking in their shells in the Pacific no. Northwest. They're surfacing with their shells popped open like they've been steamed. That sounds like a page from the Lorax. That sounds know, terrible. Right? Coffee is just because of the drought conditions hurting Brazil. Their coffee is going to be more expensive this this fall. And also, apparently, like co- it just makes COVID nineteen like worse. Like you're more likely to die from covid in an area with worse air quality oh that makes sense yeah Yeah. that's i mean there have been a number of pieces coming out in the past couple of weeks about yeah like that the class and racial implications of climate change and how how it's going to you know disproportionately affect working class and black and brown communities and it's just i don't know I, i i wish that that angle as well were a more common talking point with climate change because i I feel like it comes up but not with the amount of like i don't think that my parents have heard of that angle of climate change and it seems like it's still a pretty under discussed thing but i you know if i told my aunts their wine would be affected maybe they would care it's just uh, it's just awful yeah i think that's a good point like the the who of it like rather than like the because the abstract science clearly isn't like convincing anybody but the who of it like who first of all who is doing the polluting that is changing the climate is like you know majority of it has been done by massive corporations by like a handful of very rich people Mm -hmm. and then like who is going to be hurt by it like is yeah majority like poor and persons of color and nations that don't have the ability to like make changes and adapt on the fly are going to be hurt like i i I really do feel like like emphasizing the who of it is probably a better strategy or underused strategy completely and i think another way to say that that really helps me conceptualize it is the people who did the most to cause the problem are being the least impacted by it and the people who are most directly impacted by it did the least to cause the problem and i think Really think like and and so when people use the word in like climate injustice, that's really how I think of it because it is an injustice. You know that's that the you know yeah. bi- like billionaire like largely white led billionaire corporations are the ones causing the problem and are doing the least to solve that problem, all while trying to distract us by overemphasizing individual choices like you know oh whether or not yeah. you recycle as part of the as 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 part of the problem and obviously everybody should be making responsible choices i'm not saying those those things don't matter but it's so interesting to me how corporations will stamp like please recycle on their bottle but it's like y'all are the corporations y'all right. can change this if you want to right. why, why are you why are you bringing me into it like why don't y'all look in the mirror and do something you know and so it really it's one of those issues that i just think is the way the way we talk about it is perhaps misleading the way we think about it is perhaps misleading Mm -hmm. and it's a real problem because it's it's not coming it's here like climate climate collapse is like i think we're in it i don't think it's like five years ten years a hundred years i think what we are experiencing now the kinds of intense heats and droughts and things of that nature i think it's here it does kind of remind me i mean just of how we were talking about the 
the vaccination versus unvaccination conversation early of, you know, making it an individual failure and not really, you know, the governor of Alabama just avoiding the possibility that it was a systemic failure that she was like a really big part of. It feels like there's kind of a different version of that going on when we're talking about climate where, you know, you, you see that the crisis is getting worse with each year that passes. And it's like, I mean, I, I it is humbling. Like the first time I learned that even if every single person in the world was doing what they could to reduce their carbon footprint, it wouldn't move the needle as much as if there was some sort of regulation put on these billion dollar companies. Like it's just... Ugh, and but but they they don't give a shit because they're just going to go to space or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It It's part of it, like America is addicted to individualism and and like, you know, whether it's the the origin story of a company, like giving all the credit to like one person, just like gritting their way through it instead of like the hundreds of people who like worked together and helped that person like that. We, we love just writing the the other people out of a success story and like right. same goes for like casting the blame we we just want to it all to be about individual choices and like we are all the heroes of our own narrative and we can we can fix this because right. movies told us we could that yeah. said though i will be bummed if my franzia starts tasting like an ashtray that is also <laughs> <laughs> something to keep in mind yeah All right, let's talk about streaming. So there's this new study out from Nielsen. Now that Nielsen is actually like measuring streaming, like via people's servers. So it's not just like a, only if you stream stuff on your computer, which is what it was at the beginning of the year. They recently Mm -hmm. unveiled a thing that actually checks through servers, like how much data is being downloaded and like matches that up to the streaming so that... They know scary. how much content is actually being streamed. I know it's very invasive, <laughs> but it's I was I was surprised. So they kind of released like just total amount of like how people are consuming entertainment at home. And it's 40 percent cable still 23 percent broadcast. So like it's still 63 percent like traditional like TV shit. Yeah. And then hmm. 27% all streaming. Like, that's, like, that's Netflix, wild. YouTube, Hulu, Prime, Disney+. Plus. Like, all of those add up to 27%. I'm very interested in the, the streaming. There's, like, something labeled 8% other streaming. I'm like, is that, what, like, Twitch? Like, what is that? Yeah. It, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But, like, maybe it's just, like, kind of the the long tail of, like, all the other, like, Peacock and HBO Max and all those other ones that aren't on here. Bizarre. But, yeah, and then there also is a chunk of 9% other that I don't know. (laughs) Other. That's people, like, staring at, like, roadkill. (laughs) Right. Maybe it's people who read books, Jamie. Ever think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Ever read I just totally, t- I told them myself, I'm more likely to stare at roadkill than read a book. <laughs> Where do you all get, like, do you do, do you have cable? Do you do streaming? Like, what what is going on in your houses? Like, the only time we have non-streaming stuff on is if it's live sports. That's, that's it. Oh. Uh, yeah, we, d- we don't have, we don't have cable. We just have streaming. I'm like, 
yeah, just watching roller coaster videos on YouTube most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Are those POV roller coaster videos where you get to experience them? Nah, they're roller coaster documentaries. Wow. Oh, About the good. making of? Yeah, there's, uh, um, yeah, Defunct Land. If you want to watch a bunch of like 45 minute documentaries about the history of roller coasters that no longer exist, it's niche, but there's millions of us watching. Yeah. Yeah, Defunct Land. And you ask where what the the other streaming is. It's all roller coaster documentaries, probably. What about you, Bridget? Do you have do you have cable? We have cable, which is so it's so silly because we really don't need to have cable. I guess I feel that flipping channels, just mindlessly flipping channels, is such a big part of my life. And I love it so much. It brings me so much comfort and joy that I and I have yet to find a streaming experience that like can mimic the feeling of just mindly mindlessly flipping channels and then being like, oh. Mm-hmm. This random movie that I had, like Swim Fan is on. I haven't thought about that movie in years. I'm going to watch it, right? Like that feeling of random discovery. If I could find a streaming platform that could mimic that, I will be in business. So that's (laughs) that's what I'm wondering is if this, like if streaming platforms will use this to as like an indication that they should go harder on that like always on model. Or if they should even like I I don't know like if Netflix had a a bunch of channels that were like okay here are all movies curated by like your favorite director here like that are just you just turn it on and there's something playing and you know you just can kind of flip like the through Pluto it. TV model yeah I guess I don't have Pluto TV but you gotta get Pluto TV they have a Degrassi channel oh well there you go. Yeah, like, yeah. Did, what would people be more likely to like stream if they just like didn't have to make any decisions at all? Well, Netflix does like, have that thing now. Just like watch something now, where I think they it's like an aggregate of the things that you watch or that you like, and then you just hit the button and they just pick for you. Which I don't know yeah. how you all feel, but I when I'm trying to search for something to watch, I can just watch documentary trailers for hours and, and kind of stress out about what to pick. And so so I could see it be, I, I don't use that feature, but I could see it being useful for folks who have just like have decision paralysis and don't know what to watch. I've yeah. had some luck with that feature, but then I also, I think they're also just being like, they also pump into that feature like movies that they have just released that aren't doing as well as they want them exactly. to do. Because I kept getting the Zack Snyder movie that I was like, there's nothing in my viewing history that would indicate I want this, but they're like, but you you want this. Right. It's fucked up and you want it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so interested. Up, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so interested in like their algorithm like when they when you go on to netflix and it's like the top 10 trending things versus that the pop like the popular I, i'm so curious like how they've come to surface these these titles sometimes i think they're they really are playing fast and loose like they're just their new releases they are pushing the boundary of what you could consider a new release every time i go on there i'm like <laughs> this has been out for a year how are you calling it right. why is it a new releases mm-hmm. and why is coco melon always in the top 10 Yes. What is Coco Melon? I'm not gonna. I'm not a baby. And isn't Coco Melon <laughs> Jack? You you have kids. Do they? You, they don't watch Coco Melon, right? We there is a Coco Melon video on YouTube about potty it, training that they uh, really enjoy. Is it the same company that does Johnny Johnny Yes Papa, or am I? Oh, I have mistaken? no idea. Uh, that that I'm, sounds like you were just having a stroke. 
<laughs> I know Johnny Johnny. My my little nephew loves it. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, I just, I mean, I Netflix claims to know me, and yet it keeps trying to get me to watch Coco Melon. Don't you know me at all? <laughs> you know what you're gonna like, <laughs> Coco Melon. You're like, uh, why don't you just finish watching the Circle again? But you know what's coming on next? Zack Snyder, Coco Melon. <laughs> yeah, Coco Melon is just like one of those things. Like, I feel like a lot of children's entertainment online is just like there were a million people on computers trying to make like computer animated children's entertainment at the same time. And then like, just through like a natural, like survival of the fittest, like Darwin, like YouTube Darwinism, like a handful of them (laughs) were just like randomly, like fired really well in kids' brains. And that's like how Coco Melon came about. It's just like, people were like, Oh shit. They really, uh, like this shape of a baby. And like this type of music <laughs> mm-hmm. combined with it. And that's the same thing. Like there's there's other like Pink Fong, which is the baby shark people. Like it's just, oh, they, yeah. they just oh, randomly yeah. hit on uh, one thing and then they're just like more, more of that. Um, <laughs> but it's that like it's really like as a parent, you have to like I we're very careful about like YouTube because YouTube is just sure. Yeah, it's not there, there's nothing being there's no like person who is making sure that I if I turn around like my kid's not watching a fucking Ben Shapiro thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't let hour. algorithms raise your kids, right? Yeah. Right. And for yeah. a while, there was that thing where I think there was an expose in the New York Times, and then uh, YouTube tried to take some measures to fix it. But particularly with children's programming, where you would be mm-hmm. watching your kid would be watching your kid would be watching a totally normal video, and then a few videos later. The videos would seem like kids' videos, but just would be very weird and dark and demented. And Wasn't there one it, where it's like Spider Man got hit by a car yes, or something? Yeah. There were some like really dark ones. Oh, Ugh. that's so. Sorry, cool. sorry to worry. Sorry to worry. <laughs> Wait, Spider Man? That's Spider. <laughs> oh man, I really wanted to just open up Netflix and like do the play random th- thing and see what I got, but it's Ooh. not. It's not giving it to me right now. It's not. But yeah, I feel like that, like, isn't that just a like shuffle icon? Like it's just the shuffle icon. And then, yeah, I I feel like, yeah, they, they're not putting a ton into that, like sort of always on the algorithm will choose for you type thing. And I think, I think eventually they'll probably have like some Pluto TV style offering. But do you think you'd be like more likely to, like watch a channel that was like all all of the teen dramas on, that are on Netflix just like kind of always playing one or the other That's a good question. I don't I like my instinct is no, but uh, when you say it like that like just oh this is a genre the algorithm knows I like and they're just going to randomize stuff. I would right. pro- I would try it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I if- would too. If they had an always on channel for like fucked up documentary or like niche documentary, I would I would have it on all the time. I would I would yeah. like it would mm-hmm. always be on in my home if that existed. Yeah, nature <laughs> nature documentaries like for me like that's such great like background stuff to have on and like mm-hmm. it doesn't damage your children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for the most I hate part. that that's something you need to be like absolutely yeah. sure of in a streaming platform, but yeah. it makes sense. And they also get bored by it, so they don't just sit there like 
with their mouth agape. <laughs> so, well, Bridget and Jamie, it's been so fun having you guys on TDZ today. Bridget, where can people find you and follow you? You can find me on the iHeartRadio podcast. There are no girls on the internet where we would be happy to have you. We talk about all things internet culture, technology, underrepresented voices, feminism, all that fun stuff. You can follow me on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC or on Twitter at Bridget Marie. Yeah, yeah. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? So I have a tweet from Morning Gloria, Erin Ryan. She says, Ugh, I'm such a carry. Me, every time I get revenge, using my telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Jamie, uh, where can people yeah. find you, follow you, and what's the tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram, Jamie Christ Superstar. Listen to ACCast. It's, uh, we're halfway done with the series right now, and it's yeah, all yeah. about the Kathy comics. And this coming week, we're going to be talking about how she's very reflective of all of the frustrating qualities of boomers. And I interviewed my mom for a long time, <laughs> the whole thing. So listen to that. And then the tweet I've been enjoying is from Meg Z at by Meg. And it's uh, can't talk right now. I'm doing hot girl shit. Asterisk eating salt and vinegar chips to the point of causing dozens of cuts along the roof of my mouth and gums. <laughs> so brutal. Jamie, I have to tell you, when I was preparing for this interview, my initial underrated was going to be Kathy because I feel <gasps> like listening to ActCast, I feel like I feel like Kathy got a real bad rap, but Kathy yeah. fucking slaps. And I feel like she we all we I'm happy that you're unearthing how awesome Kathy actually is and her cultural impact because I feel like we kind of let that one slide. We didn't really we didn't really celebrate Kathy for the icon that she is. So I'm, I, I almost was going to use that. But then I was like, oh, that might be, I didn't know you were going to be the guest host. So I was like, <laughs> oh, that might be like putting her on the spot. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so, I'm so excited. Kathy has been, um, she was very nervous to listen to the show, but so far, so good. Right. The creator awesome. of Kathy. Also oh yeah. Not the, Kathy. not the fictional cartoon. <laughs> I was like, wow, Jamie's really in. <laughs> People are going to be like, Jamie's really in the creation of this show. She's like, yeah, Kathy, the Kathy, no, we was, chat. There yeah, <laughs> speaks to Damn, me. Loftus is in deep. <laughs> <laughs> she's finally, uh, she's finally left her body. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Kathy's a real person who, who lives in LA. You know, she's local. Mm-hmm. All right. Tweet I've been enjoying. Luke Moans tweeted, if you go 45 minutes outside of any city, everyone's like, let's all pretend it's the South. <laughs> and Sarah Haji tweeted, I want to drink from the hair salon French press and showed the, the you know those barbicide things? They yes. are, why are they French presses? <laughs> but oh, yeah, so they, that makes it look extra delicious. I've always wanted to drink from that thing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. Uh, where we link off to uh, the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you should go check out. And Miles is not here to recommend a song, but uh, Bridget, you were telling us about a band that a friend of yours is in that has both a very great band name and is also going on tour with Japanese Breakfast? 
Yes, they're awesome. They're called Full Bush. You could use the song Raise. I think that's one of their best songs, and it's about Philadelphia. So we can write after that. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Thanks. 